approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Coach Steve. Uh, with me today is only one of my co-hosts. Coach Jibs cannot be on the show again today, uh, but he'll be back soon. Don't worry. He's, he's not gone for good. Uh, but we do have always Coach John. What's going on, Coach John? Nothing much. Just another beautiful day in the neighborhood, talking football. So I'm excited. Yes, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The news crew has uh, been We have busy. a lot of fantasy news, as we're going to get into in a few minutes. But our main news, obviously, well, main topic today, we're doing um, kind of basically just looking at ADP currently right now. You guys have a lot of drafts coming up this week and kind of just looking at where there's some values in each round and maybe some values shouldn't take a shot on or whatever it may be. So uh, we're going to go through that later today. But first, we do have some fantasy news. So let's get into that. All right, guys. Like I said, there's a bunch of news going on. Obviously, my sheet is filled, and I actually missed some things because things just broke right before I was able to do this. So, of course, uh, this again, this isn't crazy because we don't know what's going to happen throughout the season, but uh, Geno Smith is named the week one starter after that uh, dreadful preseason performance from uh, Drew Locke. But again, you just never know with this situation here. It could go either way throughout the season. We don't really need to go too, uh, too crazy about it because we already knew that one of these guys are going to be the starter and it wasn't going to be a good thing. Uh, so the next thing, uh, this is obviously really big. This definitely hurt uh, me personally a lot, but obviously this really sucks just in a general sense. I hate to have to talk about it, but uh, we have to at least mention, obviously if you haven't heard Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, uh, Brian Robinson was involved in a, uh, um, a car threat for robbery, robbery and he was shot two different times and was rushed to the hospital last night. Uh, non-threatening, life-threatening. It seems like everything went okay with the surgery and everything. I believe he got he got shot in his lower leg and his glutes. Uh, so, uh, again, you never know what time frame this is going to be. Uh, I don't know, John, if you want to mention anything on this. Is you just really don't know. There's this sub, uh, there's optimistic that he's going to be able to play still at some point this season, but we don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is such a unique case, such a weird you know, story and injury, and I'm sure stuff, more stuff will come out and the timeline will come out, but I have no idea how gunshot victims, you know, come back and play football well or any of that. So, you know, it's, it's really sad for the the player, Brian Robinson, the man, um, you know, it's sucks, you know, prayers up and, and be healthy, but yeah, I, I think it's, I have to assume they're going forward with the idea that they're not going to have them this rookie season. Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a major blow, obviously, to a lot of fantasy owners. Because I think you know, a couple hours before that, or early in that day, or the day before that, they were saying that Brian Robinson, he's the guy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely a major blow. Hopefully, he recovers quick and uh, everything works out okay for him. Uh, I probably wouldn't be drafting him if you're looking to draft him right now. I, I just, it, it could be. I would say at least a few months. I don't know how these things work. I don't think many. Many people will tell you differently, but you, if you're going to draft him, you draft him like your last pick. And if you have an IR spot, if he goes on IR, who knows? We have no idea 
obviously more more of this information will come about. But if if he goes in the IR for half the season or whatever they say it will be, you could draft him with your last pick and see maybe at some point. But uh, yeah, you're probably not going to be really drafting much Brian Robinson right now. So Mm-mm. it's definitely sad to see. But the next one is definitely someone you're going to be drafting. But should you be drafting? This is a pretty interesting thing that we haven't heard about until recently. But Najee Harris suffered a Liz Frank sprain about four weeks ago. Uh, and he obviously got his first playing time in this week, and he jumped over somebody uh, over the last preseason game here. But, you know, Liz Frank injuries are pretty interesting because it's a, it involves the foot, obviously. And I think a guy like Debo Samuel had it a couple of years ago, and he had that really bad sophomore year. Uh, does this concern you at all about making Najee a still a first-round pick? Yeah. Uh, yes, it certainly does. I mean, obviously, you want your first-round picks to be healthy. You want your first-round picks to be uh, as locked and loaded as they can be. And this is just another question mark for Najee Harris. I think everyone was saying that he's due to regress a little bit. And so being the middle of the first back of the first was always kind of, uh, you're paying, you know, his premium. Now he's got quarterback issues. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. We don't know what the workload is going to look like. And he's got this list Frank sprain. So to me, it just really raises just another red flag. Um, I, I, I like Najee the I like Najee Harris the player. I love him in Dynasty. I think he's a great you know ad and great buy low. But redraft, I'm just getting bad vibes lately out of out of that, especially paying up what you have to pay. You know, like I said, mid back first. Right, exactly. Um, and, and the thing about it, you know, the recovery time is usually a six to eight week injury. Just normal sprains or strains, whatever you want to call it, for this type of injury. He said it was about four weeks ago, so that would put him on the earliest recovery path first week of the season. But again, this is definitely an injury that could linger throughout the year. If he's not resting it uh, during this entire off, this basically training camp. I mean, he's played that one game. I haven't heard anything new about that, but it's definitely something that could be considerable when you're thinking about taking Najee in the first, it might be more of a, a situation where you might want to just pass and let someone else deal with that. And if not, maybe the second round pick might be more of a realistic opportunity for him now. Uh, again, he could just be fine. But again, there are these cases where, especially with the foot, I never like to worry about the foot. I'm not a doctor, but I've heard many people talk about foot injuries, especially Liz Frank's injuries. That isn't something you want to have going into a new fresh NFL season, which you need to acquire to use your legs very often. So uh, I definitely want people to notice, just take a bit of caution when worried about Najee right now. All right. A couple other things. These are quick ones. You know, Sam Donald out six to four weeks here with his injury. Uh, Ty Montgomery suffered a leg injury. He didn't practice today, but uh, I didn't hear anything more about it. It might not be something that's long-term, but maybe might require him to be taking it easy over the next few weeks here. Push up uh, Romandre Stevenson uh, in that passing role potentially here. So uh, a couple cuts early on so far. Again, we're going through the cut process tomorrow, 4 o'clock tomorrow. The final cuts must be made for all NFL teams get down to 80. Uh, Laquan Treadwell and Sony Michelle are early on cuts right now. We'll, we'll obviously hear more as as time goes on here. Uh, but we did have a trade hit today, which is always fun. You don't get too many trades now at this time of year. But uh, LaVisha Chanel traded to the Carolina Panthers. are not confirmed. It might be a fifth-round pick. We don't know still. Uh, but he is traded to the Panthers. So, John, what, does this give Chanel any value back in fantasy? Because I don't really think anyone was drafting him before this. Um, no, this doesn't give a ton to me. I still think Vishka is still the third option. 
you know, behind DJ Moore, CMC, and then, you know, maybe he's the wide receiver two or the wide receiver three for this offense, but it's not, you know, going to be this super high scoring potent offense. I think he's a much better football player, great on special teams, you know, real jackknife can do a lot of different stuff for the Panthers, but for fantasy, it's just not still not enough for me to really buy into the LaVishka Chenault hype. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Obviously, it's good. He's getting a fresh start somewhere else. It might be good uh, maybe in the next year or two who, how this situation goes down here in Carolina. But he likely will play the slot role. It definitely sucks for those who maybe want Rashad Higgins or um, Terrence Marshall uh, to be something this year maybe. I don't know still. It's, it's still up in the air. But yeah, LaVisha Chanel, I mean, he's been a guy who's, you know, has 600 yards back-to-back seasons, no touchdowns last year. I, to be honest, a guy I thought was a better football player than a fantasy player, which at this point it seems like he's been doing just that. Honestly, he might be used in certain ways. Maybe he gets involved in the running game. Uh, Matt Rule is probably going to throw out every possible thing to keep his job. So, But isn't something that will change my needle at all with drafting him because I wasn't planning on drafting him at all already. So. I don't think that moves at all. Uh, Alexander Madison could be on the move. That could be interesting, John. Anywhere you'd like to see him go? Anywhere I'd like to see him go. Um, selfishly, I'd like to see him stay away from Houston because I'm really bought into Damian Pierce. Um, but I think, honestly, there there could be a move at a team like that, Atlanta, a team that needs a good running back. And Alexander Madison's proven himself that he can be. So um, he will... You know, there's 12, apparently 12 teams that are calling about Alexander Madison. And if you're the Vikings, you probably should move him. So I have a feeling we could see him traded in the next 24 hours. That would be fantastic because I have many, many shares in my final few weeks <laughs> for Alexander Madison, obviously. So, uh, yeah. So keep your eye on that. He could be going somewhere in that. I mean, he's probably going on, I think, round 10 to 12. We might, we'll talk about him potentially today, but. Uh, he could be all the way up by round seven if he gets into the right situation, or maybe even higher. Who knows? So, hopefully, it's Miami. Maybe we obviously cut Sony Michelle for a reason. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's Miami. That'd be awesome here. And obviously, the last news of the day: uh, Jimmy G restructures his contract, so he is likely going to be staying at this point with the 49ers for the 2022 season. Uh, he has a no trade clause, uh, no franchise clause. A franchise tag clause so i think he's stuck with the 49ers for this year if any of those dynasty owners are hoping that he'd move and you get yourself another quarterback that's likely not happening this year uh, he's going to back up you know trey lance i mean there's really no big impact unless at some point during the season trey lance is doing that bad maybe that's the one thing for trey lance owners who might be concerned about but uh, i don't know if you think any differently there john no, it's just a really interesting move. I don't think we've ever seen it in the NFL where a starter will restructure his contract to stay on the team as a backup. It's just I've never seen this ever in sports, in any sport. I've never really seen this in football. And so it's crazy. It's one thing that I didn't think could happen um, was Jimmy G would just restructure, give up a bunch of money and stay with the team. But uh, he did. So um, it's good for the 49ers. Uh, they get a top tier high end backup and Jimmy G knows he can hit the market next year. Uh, completely a free agent, not cut, none of that BS. And so he can try and find another team somewhere else uh, next year. But yeah, it's just kind of a crazy move. I just didn't think the 49ers could pull it off. Yeah, uh, definitely didn't think so either. But 
I guess they're going to stay uh, cash stripping all season long. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. So, all right. Yeah. That that's the fantasy news guys. Hopefully we will have more to talk about come Thursday. Uh, that will be interesting. I'm sure we'll have some more cuts and maybe potentially a few trades here and there, or, you know, starting person here and there, whatever it may be. So, uh, we've been pretty lucky this season with something I don't want to mention because it's a bad karma to mention it, but we've been pretty lucky so far this mm-hmm. season without having to worry about that. So uh, let's get into the main topic of the day. Like I said, guys, we are talking ADP values, basically going through Fantasy Pros ADPs uh, each round or so and looking at where the value is in each round and maybe players you might want to stay away from because they're valued at where they're valued at. So. Let me bring up my screen here. I think we are on here. I don't know how this will. There we go. Okay, cool. So let me bring the screen here. I don't know if we can make it bigger. Can I make it bigger? There. That's a little bit better. Uh, does that help? No, that doesn't help at all. All right, cool. So we're going to name off the players here. So we'll start from here from the top. John, I don't know if you can read it. I, I sent you the link in the Google mm-hmm. Doc. All right, yep. so guys, first round here, and you guys could easily just go to fantasypros.com and their ADPs. And you can look at it that way as well. We're going through half point scoring, all total overall view. So the first, you know, 12 picks of the draft, first round pick, you know, you have obviously your Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Eckler, Cup, uh, Derek Henry, Justin Jefferson, Cook, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Demonte Adams, and Stefan Diggs are the top 12 on terms of ADP right now on Fantasy Pros. So, John, I'll let you go first here. Who's someone you can you would say is in value in that first round that you like? Well, I'm going to bring up, I want to bring up two names. I'm going to bring up the first name I'm going to bring up is Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is someone who I really like. Uh, and if he's sliding past, you know, pick 105, 106, if he's getting into that range, I think that's a good place to scoop up Dalvin Cook because he's going to be in an offense that we're all excited about. He has the passing down role to himself. I, I think that there is a real chance that he could be the running back one overall. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, and so, yes, in, in dynasty, it might be time to sell Dalvin cook because of these, uh, his age concerns and injury concerns and everything. But in, in pure redraft, I think that, that you're getting him at this age discount for no reason. So if you can get him with the, you know, six, seventh pick in your draft and, and I love it. I, I think it's a great way to start off with a, a home run, you know, top end legit. He is. You know, he's not in that tier with JT, Christian McCaffrey, but, I mean, he's just as potent. When he has a big game, he can have 40 points just like anybody else. And so I really like Dalvin Cook this year. Yeah, I think that is actually a really good, you know, pick to make because obviously you're hearing things about, you know, especially Alexander Madison not being on the team anymore, potentially there. So it would leave a rookie and Ty Chandler. Uh, as you know, his primary backup here. So just give more reason to have Dalvin Cook overall just be feast this coming season. And we all know he's getting a little bit older, so they're going to use what they can to make, you know, their money worth with with you know him getting his getting his uh his extension over the last year or so now. So I uh, know, and I like that pick a lot. There, Dalvin Cook is a is a good pick to go after right now. Thank you. All right, so let's see. Uh, do I have anyone? Oh, who's your second one? You can go again. Go ahead. Uh, my second one would probably be Joe Mixon um, for the same reasons. I really like Joe Mixon, super dynamic. He's on a high-powered offense. He was a top-five guy when they were running the ball like crazy, and then they kind of abandoned the run in the second half of the year. But I think Zach Taylor's offense and the offense in general works better when they're running th- when the when they're working through the run game. If they set up the the run 
and then start hitting those bombs to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all those things, that's when the offense is really clicking, not when they have to throw the ball 40, 50 times in a game. So I think an improved offensive line really is going to help. And there's if you want to pick a guy who's going to have double-digit touchdowns, uh, Joe Mixon should be one of those guys because that offense is going to be, a, again, the Bengals are going to be a top-five offense with a top-five offensive line. And everything is set up for Joe Mixon to just smash again. Oh yeah, uh, this this was the guy I was looking at too. So I'm glad, I'm glad you got your take in early there. But <laughs> yeah, John said it pretty good, guys. I mean, Joe Mixon, at where he's going at at the tenth overall pick. I mean, he could go even low. He might be able to get him at the twelfth pick overall, to be honest. Or maybe even if you want to get him at eight, it's still a really good pick right now because uh, the offensive line is probably the best offensive line since he's had in a long time. Now you have an offense that's going to be trying to score the ball a lot consistently. And they're going to need their run game to hopefully run out the clock early. They don't really have a backup that would be threatening for that much of a workload. Uh, you know, Samaje Ryan and Chris Evans, yeah, they're, they're decent options, but they're not someone who are necessarily need to be on the field. Joe Mixon's going to see a bulk of that work there. This coming season here, I mean, you have an offense that's, that's very pass-heavy, which is going to make defenses kind of sit back a little bit more, obviously, with a guy like Jamar Chase allowing, you know, Joe Mixon to see those easier uh, defenses overall. So, I mean, if you're getting Joe Mixon at the end of your draft as your RB1, you got to be pretty happy with the situation there. Mm-hmm. All right. So is there anyone in this round, anyone in this obviously round one area that's kind of like, uh, it's not really great value, but, you know, it's hard. because um, it It's hard because the first round is always pretty locked locked in as, as like these guys are going to be legit starters the only one that makes me nervous and we brought him up already was Najee Harris that's the only one that I think um in the first round I'm a little kind of hesitant on I'm probably going somewhere else if I'm stuck in that you know seven eight nine spot I'm probably going to look to a wide receiver maybe a different running back or, or I just I don't know I'm not investing a, an eighth overall pick in Najee Harris next year it, to me just feels a little high yeah, uh, after the obviously the new news, obviously that's that's definitely a little more concerning for sure. Uh, another guy for me that I'm not thrilled about taking is is Austin Eckler third overall. Personally, mm-hmm. I know everyone loves Austin Eckler. I do love Austin Eckler. He's a great he's a great fantasy player, great red NFL running back here. It's just that those touchdown regression I feel like has to come somewhere here. I, I just don't see the amount of touchdowns he had last year to be sustainable. It's going to be a really good offense, yes, but I, I expect. You know, somebody else to be involved, whether it's the new refound Joshua Kelly or if Isaiah Spiller can come back and kind of redeem that backup role. I just feel like there's going to be more usage trying to get Eckler from being this gigantic workhorse back to being someone who is just efficient with the workload he's been able to be given. So third overall is definitely a little concerning for me. I'd probably prefer to be more in that six to eight to nine range. Uh, in drafts, if I have to go that direction, I'd rather go completely different direction if, if I'm going Austin Eckler. People are taking him early, but it's just not cutting for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's a fair one because he is, uh, you know, he's a scary name. Um, but it, you, people love the pass catching work. People love the player. People love the offense. So he's going to get drafted super high. Um, right. I think top three is pretty pricey. I mean, you're getting Austin Eckler at his max at that point. You need everything to break right for Austin Eckler if you draft him third overall. Exactly. And that's that's kind of what you're hoping for. You're hoping for another break, big season, which I just don't see that happening again. So, mm-hmm. 
All right, so over to round two here now, and I guess I'll, I guess I'll name off because it's kind of hard to see him a little bit on the screen here. So obviously, round two starts with the tight end, ends with the tight end. We have Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, uh, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, C.D. Lamb, Saquon, uh, Debo Samuels, Javante Williams, Josh Allen, Tyree Kill, and Mark Andrews. So, John, who is the better? Who's the who's the value you like in this round two area? Uh, I'm going to make my bed with Saquon Barkley. I've been saying it to a lot of people as much as I can. I've been preaching this when I draft. I think Saquon Barkley is really due for a bounce back type season. And it's hard to say because the Giants aren't going to be this unbelievable offense. They're not going to score a ton of points, I don't think. Um, But we all are optimistic that Dayball comes in and changes things for the better. And they become a mediocre middle of the pack offense. And even if a middle of the pack offense, I think Saquon Barkley can see a hundred targets and get as many rushing attempts as he can possibly handle. So, you know, the, the same way James Robinson became a top five back on a bad Jaguars team. I think Saquon Barkley 10 times more talented can do the same thing. If he gets all the workload and gets a hundred targets, you know, he'll be just fine and, and scoring points like crazy. So Saquon Barkley, to me, I'm comfortable in most drafts starting off wide receiver and coming back with Saquon in the second and having that be my locking up a stud wide receiver one and then have Saquon be my RB one. I'm OK with that. Yeah, no, I, I don't hate that pick whatsoever. I mean, Saquon has a ton of potential for me. It comes a little bit of obviously with, with the risk that you kind of mentioned, but uh, He's a good value in round two because he has that workhorse ability. There's no one behind him in that backfield here. The receiver game seems to be continually getting injured. You know, Kadarius Tony's a little banged up. Uh, Kenny G is not really working well with uh, Daniel Jones overall. I mean, you have Darius Slayton about to get traded potentially off somewhere. Sterling Shepard isn't somebody who can stay healthy throughout an entire season. So Saquon Barkley, if he can stay healthy, could be in, in for a massive workload, especially in that in the passing game where we saw his rookie year where we had all those targets. So uh, is definitely a fun value in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy I'm going to go with here in the, as a value is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, his value might jump by the time we get through next week. It re- I mean, it just really depends on how the ADP works. But, I mean, he's sitting at RB11, 17th player overall on the board right now, middle of round two. And I just feel like there is tremendous value with him still in this offense that he's going to be part of. Yes, the the uh, the suspensions had kind of put a loom over him. I think at this point we're pretty safe. Again, there's still small small chance that happens this year or whatever it may be, but I don't think it's going to happen. In round two, if I get Alvin Kamara, I'll be pretty happy, to be honest, because he should be in for a big workload this coming season once again. You have a Jameis Winston who was working well with him before he got hurt last year. I mean, he had to deal with some really bad quarterbacks over the last over last season here. So Alvin Kamara kind of had a down year, but Jameis Winston is a, is a capable quarterback getting him the ball. You have more weapons to kind of take the pressure off Alvin Kamara and hopefully, you know, an improved run game. I mean, you have Mark, An- Mark Ingram coming back here. Hopefully he can kind of take the pressure off of uh, Alvin Kamara so he's not overworked. And I think that was part of the issue last year. He was kind of overworked in that Saints offense because he was literally the only one with the potential star. You had to use him. So um, him getting back to more of a world where he's not, completely the alpha person on the field might be beneficial for him in his fantasy value in the long run. So uh, again, he should be someone who gets back to those, you know, 80 receptions potentially. And maybe he doesn't get over a thousand yards. I don't think he did get a thousand yards this past year. He got like almost 900, he had 900, but he should get back to being a red zone threat for this team who should be in a better position to be scoring this year. So, 
Yeah, I like Alvin Kamara. I think the only reason why his ADP is where it's at is because of that suspension. So uh, we are feel like we're in the clear there. So I feel like you can draft Alvin Kamara with some confidence um, and you don't have to spend a top six pick like you used to. You can spend a back of the first or early second pick on him and, and be just fine. Right, exactly. All right, so let's get over to the, the bad values. Who do you guys have bad value? Oh, bad value is, is, is it's all relative, right? Because my, my pick is Josh Allen, just because I think that Josh Allen, I'm just in the camp where I don't take a quarterback in the first five rounds. You know, I just don't do it. I don't care how good they are. I don't care. It's just hard to build a roster out when you do that. So for me, it's strategy wise, the pick is Josh Allen, but I don't think Josh Allen is a bad pick. I think he will be a legit top three quarterback going into the season he's totally fine and he's going to be awesome so don't you know don't hear what i'm not saying i just i just wouldn't take a quarterback in round two right yeah i mean that would that's definitely that stands out pretty big and people should know if you're in a single quarterback league you really shouldn't be taking josh allen in round two because you're just not getting the value of that position overall here in round two where some of these other positions are still elite talent that will drop off very quickly unlike the quarterback position here because Allen could be in round two, but you might not get, you might be able to get Lamar Jackson in round five. That's the dropout. It's still, it won't be there for these wider receivers and running backs in the same capacity. Yeah. I mean, there's names, the Jalen Hurts of the world, Russell Wilson's of the world, Trey Lance right. of the world. I mean, there's, there's a million guys in that, in rounds like six, seven, eight that I would, that I would take. And that is just as good, not just as good, but good enough, still top 10 talents that can, you know, win you weeks and you don't have to spend a second round pick on it. So. That's exactly. my uh, that's my that's my off. But I like Josh Allen, good player. Just yeah. not, not in the second. Hate to say it, but he's fantastic player. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll quickly just mention Tyreek Hill at twenty three overall wide receiver eight. I love Tyreek Hill. I don't know what to expect this season out of him. It's a really a big mystery. Obviously, we loved what we saw in that one preseason game that they played together. But again, you just don't know really. But taking him in early, in middle, or late round two. I want someone who I can completely trust still. I think there's some other players I think I could maybe completely trust still. I don't know if Tyreek Hill is on that trust level just yet. Round three would make me feel better, but that's the only guy I want to mention. Yeah, that's a good one. I think top 10 wide receiver value at wide receiver eight is expensive uh, for Tyreek Hill, especially given all the unknowns, you know? Right. Exactly. All right. So let's go over to round three here now. Uh, this round three has Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Zeke Elliott, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, James Conner, Kyle Pitts, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Dave Montgomery, and Jerkson Herbert. So, John, who's the best? Who's the value like in this round? Oh, man. So the value here is pretty good. I, I like a lot of the wide receivers in this round, but I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown at, at wide receiver 10. You know, in the third round, if you can start off, like I said, if you can start off wide receiver, running back and wide receiver, now you have your second wide receiver. And if that second wide receiver is A.J. Brown, I have a feeling he could see 150 targets in this offense. He's going to be Jalen Hurts' favorite target. They're going to be they're going to have this connection that, you know, other quarterbacks and wide receivers don't always have because they've worked together before. I just I don't know. I've been coming around a lot more on A.J. Brown being a top 10 guy. So um I think AJ Brown to me is the value there. And there's a lot of good value in this round, to be honest with you. I like a lot of the wide receivers, but I'm narrowed it down to AJ Brown. 
<laughs> I'm on mute. AJ Brown's definitely, definitely, I definitely like to pick AJ Brown for sure. I mean, people forget about him, I think, a little bit because of the injury history, and that's the one thing that has me concerned. But uh, he's explosive, and he was someone just two years ago that finished wide receiver eight in fantasy football because how explosive he is. And this offense is supposed to be explosive this year, so he should be able, he should be in a pretty good season ahead of him. So I like that. Uh, my value guy here is I like Leon Fournette at twenty five still. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, the way I the more I've watched this Bucks offense this preseason, the more I'm like, this is Leonard Fournette's backfield, and that's really it right now. I'm not I'm not scared of Rashad Waite. I'm not scared of Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm not scared of Gio Bernard. Definitely not scared of Gio Bernard. I think Leonard Fournette is going to see the workload in this offense. Does he come with injury concerns slightly? Yes, absolutely. But you're getting a guy who could be an RB one very easily this year. Like being top eight wouldn't be surprised, and you're getting him at RB fourteen. 25 off the board. He's a guy who's going to be involved in a high scoring offense that likely will try to lean on the run a little bit because obviously, you know, we know Tom Brady's, you know, will never stop, but he is 45 years old and the man can't get hit that often. So you got to hand off to your RB sometime. So, uh, and I think Leonard Fournette should see a healthy work in the passing game as well. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, uh, how about a bad value here? Right? A bad yeah. value. <laughs> I mean, I know the quarterback stand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to go quarterback. Bad <laughs> value. Bad value to me, I, I think, and this stinks because I do like the player and I can be very wrong on him, but it's Ezekiel Elliott, RB15. I think, you know, we've talked about it at nauseum uh, on this show, at least, that, you know, the the Cowboys offensive line's not great. It, they're getting blows left, right, and center. I think the run game is going to struggle. The fact that there's not a lot of passing weapons, I think the teams can load the box because really all you have to do is shut down CD lamb. And then, you know, you'll let Dalton Schultz beat you up over the middle a little bit, but they're really going to, you know, negate Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard when teams play them. So I just have a, have a feeling that Ezekiel Elliott's going to really struggle with efficiency and, and he's not going to get the same volume that he had before because Tony Pollard is showing life. So if you take away some of his volume and you take away his efficiency, I just don't think it's going to be a great season for Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I almost picked him as my value, to be honest. <laughs> Which is funny because he could be. He That's the thing about Ezekiel. I could be so wrong, and he could be a touchdown machine and be totally fine for fantasy. I just – it would – he would have to change how he ch- plays. He would have to change how he plays his game if all of a sudden he became, which he could do. He totally could do. Uh, you know, it's one of the higher paced play uh, offenses in the league. So he'll get a lot of chances at it. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I just see more things going wrong for Ezekiel Elliott than could go right. I, I can respect that for sure. Uh, I'm, I still have some value there, but I, I can definitely respect the, the concerns. There's obviously concerns. It's, it's not mm-hmm. like it's like not there. It's definitely there's definitely concerns with him. So, all right. So, like my bad value here in this round has to be Dave Montgomery at 35 overall. It's not the 17 overall. It's not that bad. I think I have him relatively close, but 35 overall just kind of it kind of scares me off because Dave Montgomery has not been a very efficient running back. He's had spurts where he's been like a top three running back. And a lot of the games he's played in have been against kind of poor teams, unfortunately. The way this season is working, I just don't see the Bears being in many situations where they're going to be scoring a ton of fan, ton of points, a uh, ton of uh, touchdowns this year. And, you know, I expect, you know, to see some more involvement from these other backs in the backfield here. I mean, uh, Khalid Herbert looked really good last year at times. 
There's a lot of reports saying that they want to get him more involved. Uh, there's one more back. I can't think of his Tristan name. Tristan Egner. Tristan Egner, thank you, who has looked pretty good this fall, this training camp uh, from reports I've heard. I just don't know if Dave Montgomery is going to be that guy who sees 280 carries or whatever, or 250 carries even this coming season here. And I think they could be working more to a committee, which we would obviously all hate, but uh, the the inefficiency has just been killing him the last few years, you know, just under four yards per carry last year. It's not what you want from your starting running back and a team that's likely going to be a top five pick in next year's draft. So mm-hmm. For me, at 35 overall, I'd rather go with someone who I think might have more upside than Dave Montgomery. Because I don't see Dave Montgomery ever being an RB1 finisher. Yeah, so. I agree. And I think, look, the moral of this round is go draft wide receiver. Start looking at wide receiver here because the, the value is at wide receiver. The value might not be with running backs. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> All right, so let's get to round four now. We have Brees Hall, Cam Akers, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddell. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, George Kittle, Travis Etienne, Josh uh, Josh Jacobs, Mike Evans, Darren Waller, Elijah Mitchell. So, John, start us off. Who is the best value in this round four area? Uh, this best value to me is Mike Williams. I think Mike yes. Williams is just primed and set up to explode for fantasy. He had a m- monstrous start to the beginning of last season where he was a top 10 guy. Um, he's on a great offense. He's the down threat. He is the big play guy for a Justin Herbert cannon of an arm type of quarterback. So, um, you know, the things we've seen from Mike Williams, we've seen big yardage years. We've seen big touchdown years when he had double digit touchdowns and we just need to see him put it together into one season. So, uh, I think that's coming. I think we are due for a thousand yard, 10 plus touchdown season for Mike Williams. And that would put him way over wide receiver 18. I love that one because obviously it was also my pick as well. I, I, I that that was the best value I think in this round overall because might be one of the better values in fantasy football. <laughs> I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I mean, out of everyone in this group, he has the like top five wide receiver upside. Yeah, and you're getting him in round end of round four basically almost here. I mean, high scoring offense. If he can just stay healthy, I mean, he could be just dominant in fantasy football with the team he has around him this coming year. So, I mean, you looked at him in those first nine games. I mean, he was wide receiver, I think, six overall at that point, and he was just dominating with the touchdowns. And in a division that's going to be very high scoring, Mike Williams at this point I think is just a nice steal. Uh, someone else I guess I could say is a value. I like personally is Elijah Mitchell. He does come with some risk, obviously, because he's someone who, I think everyone I mentioned is like, oh, he's kind of banged up a little bit too. But uh, I think everyone I mentioned so far, but if he plays the way he was playing last year and can do it for 17 games, he has an opportunity to be a top top 12 running back. It just then he needs to stay healthy. That was the big issue with him. He doesn't have the receiving totals per se because I think he only saw like maybe less than 10 targets throughout the entire season. But he doesn't need all the targets because he's his rushing efficiency on the ground was, was spectacular last year and. You know, we love Nick Chubb, and he's borderline RB1. I think if Elijah Mitchell can stay healthy, he has potential to be a borderline RB1. That's an, just another value guy I wanted to throw out there. Yep, Elijah Mitchell's a great name. Uh, health is a major concern, but if he stays healthy, he should smash over RB22, no problem. Right. All right, so give me a, uh, a bad value in this round here. A bad value in this round to me is Deontay Johnson. I think wide receiver 17 for Deontay Johnson, someone who's 
you know, he just got banged up a little bit. He's got a shoulder thing that he's dealing with now. I've all I've had Deontay Johnson on my teams before. There's always been this probable, questionable tag, this, that. And so you're playing this, you know, is he playing, is he not playing type game? I think Deontay Johnson is is a good wide receiver. I don't think he's really an alpha take over a team wide receiver. And, you know, they have two in Claypool and Pickens, who I think can do that. Um, and Deontay Johnson was more necessity for Big Ben than he was a focal point of that offense. So I think that what we saw was great from Deontay. I think he's, you know, put up a couple monster years because he was just very necessary. He was open in short yardage areas of the field and Big Ben needed to operate in. Um, but I think with either Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, there will be a little bit more sort of escapability in the pocket. There'll be more throws downfield and stuff that I, you know, not that Deontay Johnson can't do it, but I just don't think right. that that's where his game really is. Right. Now I, I definitely get that. I love Deontay Johnson, but I get the value at early round four. It definitely is definitely hard to to grasp for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, my guy is Bruce, Bruce Hall. I like Bruce Hall as a talent coming out, but literally the first pick in round four just kind of scares me off based on what I've seen from the Jets. I mean, he hasn't looked that great in training camp so far. Now there was one report that, you know, Michael Carter is still the RB starter. So, and plus, I don't know when Zach Wilson is going to come back. I don't know if I trust Joe Flacco and Mike White to be leading this team in many touchdown opportunities for a guy like Brees Hall. We'll see. But early round four definitely has me some little bit of a concern right now. So, yeah, it is scary investing that high in a jet <laughs> for sure. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's go with round five here. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, AJ Dillon, Allen Robinson, Joe Burrow, Jerry Judy, Kyler Murray, uh, Brandon Cooks, Dalton Schultz, Antonio Gibson now, and J.K. Dobbins. So where's the value in this round? Um, Probably the biggest value to me, I think, screams AJ Dillon. I think AJ Dillon has the chance to be a top, uh, a top fifteen running back, maybe even. Uh, you know, split like we saw Kamara and Mark Ingram back in the day in New Orleans be both RB1s. There is a chance that you could see that in Green Bay with uh, A.J. Dillon and, um, oh, my God, Aaron Jones. You could see a world where they're both top 15 guys and they both are valuable and usable assets. And so and then you bake in the fact that if, you know, uh, Aaron Jones misses any time. AJ Dillon is a locked and loaded top five guy. So I, I really like AJ Dillon the more I'm building my teams. I'm, I, I want some security here. I'm, it's kind of drying up at running back. This is sort of the last tier that I'm really willing to reach on. And so AJ Dillon is the value for me. Yeah, I love that pick there a lot. Obviously, I've been taking AJ Dillon in every possible way I can in drafts this year so far. Uh, so, I mean, Antonio Gibson. Depending on what happens with Brian Robinson right now, I mean, in, in round five, I mean, it's a, it's a value because he has that RB1 upside. So mm-hmm. I mean, if if he's out for – if Robinson's out for at least two months, getting Gibson in this round is, is an automatic value steal because unless they bring somebody else in, he's going to see most of the rushing work at least. The passing work might just be J.D. McKissick at this point. But uh, – He's, he's definitely a value. I like Brandon Cooks as well. He was my original one after, before hearing about the Brian Robinson stuff. But uh, Gibson right now in round five, I mean, if you're getting him there, it's, it's definitely a value. He might be even going round six still, which is even better value overall. So, mm-hmm. All right, so what about a bad value here? 
bad value to me is Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow at quarterback five is is tough because of if you look at the other quarterbacks that are in this round, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, I would much rather those types of guys, those, you know, rushing ability, um, you know, type quarterbacks to just give you a safer floor. And then you hope that they throw for a couple touchdowns and give you the boom week. Joe Burrow needs to throw for four touchdowns for you to have a good week. There's a lot of times when he'll, you know, I hyped up Joe Mixon. There's a lot of times where Joe Mixon will just score, you know, a touchdown at two. And all of a sudden, you know, Burrow throws for 201 and it's just not a great day. And, and that sucks. And so I think that there's, you know, you can find quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, that archetype, the Matt Stafford's, if you want to take that, your chance at a quarterback, do it in round do Kirk Cousins, do Matt Stafford, do one of these other guys, do Tom Brady, you know, do one of these other uh, pocket passers, traditional pocket passers that can throw for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns. I mean, Joe Burrow can do it, but there's just scary because you're, you're paying in the fourth, fifth round for it, where I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. I'd rather, and, and I'd much rather Lamar Jackson in the fifth. Yeah, honestly, I, I had to agree. That was, that was also my pick as well. It just made so much sense. I mean, He's going to have a tougher division this year, and especially in the passing game here, for sure. He's plays a lot of tough, tough secondaries this coming year. If his injury has anything to keep him from 100% this off this season, that could something you could take into consideration overall. But he also, you know, he's a gunslinger. He's going to throw the ball, and he's going to hope that his receivers do the work. It might involve, involve some more possible picks potentially there. But, yeah, in round five, I'm just not feeling – I'm not feeling Joe Burrow – overall round six is it round six we're now round six yeah um no round five round five uh joe burrow in round five just doesn't make sense for me overall so yeah yeah anyone else yeah i mean you could say dk Metcalf's going a little high but yeah dk metcalf is 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 a good one i I almost picked dk metcalf um but they just announced geno smith as a starter and he looked okay with geno a couple times so i don't know i i have not i don't know with seattle they're so hard to (laughs) <laughs> try and pinpoint what's going to happen there um but I like dk him. is dk did kind of jump off the page as a as a bust yeah i mean i still like him in round six if you if i get him in round six i'll be pretty happy but yeah um, we have a lot of people talk about in round six here so um mm-hmm. so in round six we have hollywood brown amron st brown damian harris jalen hurts clyde edwards hilaire mari cooper gabriel davis tj hawkinson michael thomas juju smith schuster chris godwin and Darrell, uh, darnell mooney so where's the value in this round here, John? The value to me is probably in Darnell Mooney. Um, and it's going to be crazy to say that because I think Darnell Mooney is the number one. The team is going to throw a lot because they're not going to be in a lot of games. And Justin Fields looked pretty good in his last preseason start. So I'm going to say that Darnell Mooney is going to see 140 targets plus, And he's an electric enough downfield enough guy that I think they could be valuable targets. So, uh, Darnell Mooney to me is a great, if you can build out your team and build them as your th- wide receiver three, I, I think he's an awesome three. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm letting you go first on all these. <laughs> <laughs> you can start going first. No, nah, no, nah, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I like it there. Uh, I like the, I like this maneuver to another pick. That's okay. But yeah, Mooney just makes tons of sense. 130 targets potentially this year and an offense that's going to throw the ball at least. So mm-hmm. definitely love that there. Um, I don't know if it's a value, but in my eyes, depending how I see him at the end of the year, Gabriel Davis to me at this point is a value because I see him finishing as a top 15 wide receiver potentially this coming season here. And you're getting him in round six. People might say that's too high for him currently right now because they want to see it, obviously. But 
if I'm looking at anyone else in this year at non-skill position, because I think Jalen Hurts is where, goes where he should go right here. But uh, one player that has like top 15 upside, it's probably to me Gabriel Davis. So that's what I'm going to go with as my value pick here. Yeah, I always struggle with Gabriel Davis. I was I was kind of off him early in the preseason, then I was back on him, and now I'm kind of in the middle, and I, I think my level head has prevailed. I think Gabriel Davis at wide receiver 27 is probably a good value. It's probably a good value. There is a chance he could really explode for fantasy. There's also a chance he could just be the number two guy and have, you know, a, a decent year, not an awesome year, but even if he has a decent year, he'll still be in that wide receiver 27 range. So I think you're probably great there. I think the hype was, I was getting a little pushback because there was so much hype on him. I was pushing back. I was like, all right, guys, like, let's cool. There's still Stefan Diggs there. There's still other, like, you know what I'm saying? So, I, but at this point, wide receiver 27, if that's kind of where he's settled in at ADP, yeah, he's probably a good value. Right. Exactly. All right. So let's go to a, va- a bad value here. Um, I'm the resident Chris Olave truther. So I'm going to say Michael Thomas is a bad value at wide receiver 28. I I don't trust the health. I don't trust, um, Michael Thomas himself. Uh, You know, we haven't seen it for a couple years now. So I I think for him to be, you know, to come back to this fantasy relevance where he is a top 10 guy and he is an absolute stud and you can't, you know, to me, Michael Thomas is going to be iffy on when you start him, how you start him. It's not going to be this consistent, uh, slam dunk start every week anymore it's going to be he's going to be touchdown dependent and if he scores a touchdown great if he doesn't score a touchdown you're going to be kind of upset that you had michael thomas because he's going to operate in short yardage stuff in between the 20s you know he's going to go six for 80 and without a score big deal you got me nine points 10 points that doesn't win me a week you know what i'm saying whereas you know other guys gabriel davis in that same round, he can win you a week. He can go out there and go 202. We've seen him. So that to me is the difference. I just don't think Michael Thomas has that in his bag anymore. And, and I certainly don't think with the addition of Chris Olave, the addition of Jarvis Landry, that they're going to target him 12, 13, 14 times a game. I think it's just going to be, he's just kind of fallen into a back end wide receiver three flex play to me. Yeah, no, I think that one that one's the, makes the most sense, obviously, because I just, just don't know what we're getting out of Michael Thomas anymore. And overall, I mean, it's just scary to take him in round six because we haven't really seen him play in two years. Mm-hmm. So it's, just, it's, an, it's definitely nervous for him to be going this high. Uh, somebody I would go after at this point, not go after, actually, probably TJ Hawkinson, tight end seven. I mean, he's a tight end seven, but I don't know if I would want to take him in this early round because I don't know if he has the any upside personally. I, mm-hmm. I think he's capped. You know, I you know we talked about him over the last few years. Like, oh, he's got 120 target potential early in this offense here. I don't know if he has that potential still. I think he has the potential for 80 or 90 targets pretty easily still. But I don't know if he's a 100 target, 120 target guy anymore. To me personally, and mm-hmm. uh, the offense is getting better. But there's also more weapons on the offense now. You have DeAndre Swift hopefully playing 17 games, obviously, and TJ Hawkinson hasn't been able to play a whole 17 game season yet. So. And taking him in round six right now with whatever's on the board, I'd rather wait and grab another tight end later on than grab TJ Hawkinson right now in round six. Yeah, and it's it stinks because I like TJ Hawkinson, the player, but you're right. Once you start statting these players out and figuring out the offenses, you know Detroit's not going to throw the ball 600 times. So it's hard for to, to say to yourself, oh, yeah, he's going to get 100 targets. So he's more of an 80-target tight end, which is – Good, not great. 
Exactly. That's how, that's kind of how I feel on his situation overall. So, all right, let's go over to round seven here. This involves Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Dallas Goddard, Russell Wilson, Devin Singletary, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Rashad Bateman, uh, Cordell Patterson, Elijah Moore, and uh, Hunter Runfro, and um, oh, God, Kareem Hunt. God, I'm tired today, guys. <laughs> so, John, uh, where's the value in round seven? Here? Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is the value here. He is the number one, well, number two if you count Mark Andrews as the number one, but he's the, you know, the pass catcher for what is, you know, going to be a decent offense, a, a good offense, have a lot of opportunities. Now, Marquise Brown was a is a different player, a different archetype of player, but he was a top, he was off to a hot start at the beginning of last season. And so I think that there is a world where Rashad Bateman is a top. 20 guy top 15 guy and you're getting him at wide receiver 33 hmm. uh, i definitely love the value on him because as i said he has that potential to see a good target share in this offense here he's their potential wide receiver one not pass catcher number one but wide receiver one on offense here just makes sense overall i mean i think of all the talent you spend a first round pick on the guy you're going to get him the ball as much as possible as you can so mm-hmm. i like that one there mine was going to be elijah moore I like my Elijah Moore's explosiveness and upside and his speed overall in this offense here. I think he'll work good with Joe Flacco early on. And obviously I know Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson too. He's got that deep ball potential to him. Elijah Moore has that ability to get downfield very quickly. So sitting in round seven, I, I taking an upside pick and a guy like Elijah Moore for me, I think there's good value there for you to grab it at this point of your draft. So, yeah, this is so. It's funny. This is the round where I'm taking a shot on a jet, not Brees yeah. Hall, not Brees Hall in the fourth. I'm I'm taking no. my shot with Elijah Moore in the you know eighth round. That's more my speed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, what about a bad value in this round here? A bad value in this round. <sighs> Listen, I think. Oh man, a bad value in this round is probably going to be Hunter Renfro. I, but that's that stinks because it's not that's not really a bad value at wide receiver 35. We know he can do more, but I just don't know what his what his role is going to look like with a healthy down, Darren Waller and with um Devontae Adams back in. So I have no idea what Hunter Renfro's role going to be and so I'm just kind of off him for draft purposes. Man, I can respect that for sure. I mean it just depends on how many targets he's going to get. I, I think he will still obviously be involved in this offense, but the amount of targets he's going to receive could change dramatically than we saw over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy is Devin Singletary. Yeah, I'm kind of been fading more and more as this, this month has gone on in Devin Singletary. I kind of liked him, obviously, even when they, when they brought in James Cook. But the, the more they, I'm seeing James Cook be involved on in this offense, and now Zach Moss, I don't know if that's just for – get him traded or whatever. I think he makes the team, but I think they really go with a full committee here. And I think while Singletary might lead it, it might not be really efficient floor level play. And I'd rather take an upside backup at this point in the few rounds later, than go after a middle tier RB that you don't want to cut because he's still started, but you're not going to be comfortable starting on a week to week basis always. Yeah. I, I like that pick. I think Devin Singletary is, I mean, luckily you're getting them super late, but uh, not super late, but later than you would expect to get the starting running back for Buffalo Bills. But I think you're right. There is a world where it's an ugly committee and Josh Allen runs in five or six touchdowns, which takes away from Devin Singletary's touchdown upside. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'd am I'm, be off him too. 
Awesome. All right. All right. So let's get over to round eight now. We had Rashad Penny, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Dawson Knox, Devonta Smith, Zach Ertz, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Rodgers, Ramondre Stevenson, Matthew Stafford, Brandon Ayuk, and DeAndre Hopkins. So, John, who's the value in this round? The value in this round, I know everyone wants me to say Rashad Penny. I know that's what everyone's waiting on, but I'm actually going to say Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk is the value in this round because, um, you know, the camp hype is coming around. He was drafted in the first round to be a, t- a superstar talent. Um, we saw it at the end of last season that he started to come to, you know, come to, into his own as a pro, play really well. And so, you know, he has the top 20 upside, top 15 upside. So, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot, and with Trey Lance being the new quarterback, uh, there is a lot of downfield targets and upside in this offense, and so I want a little piece of that. And if I can get a piece of that this late, I don't have to spend up for Kittle. I don't have to spend up for Debo, but I still get Brandon Ayuk. I feel pretty happy that I get a piece of San Francisco's passing attack. Yeah, you took my pick again there, John. <laughs> uh, Do you want me to go back? You want me to go back and give my case for Rashad Penny? <laughs> no, no, we don't, need, we don't need that again this year. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, if, if he can show what he showed in the second half of last year, I mean, at this point in the draft, he, he's tremendous value. And with a guy who can sling it farther downfield and, and more explosive plays, Brandon Ayuk definitely has that upside. Somebody, I guess, I'll go with another person here is. Chase Edmonds. I like Chase Edmonds' value here at this point, especially with Sony Michelle being cut now. You know, Chase Edmonds in round eight, he should see the bulk of the work. I mean, he's never had a full workload, so that is slightly scary. But I really just don't see anyone else on this roster seeing that kind of work unless they really bring somebody else in or trade for Alexander Madison. But, you know, they signed Chase Edmonds early on right away in the offseason here. He should see probably close to 200 carries and probably 50 to 60 targets on the ground, maybe 40 to 50. But getting a guy like that who has, like, you know, top 24 potential in round eight at this point, I think it makes good sense to go after a guy like Chase Edmonds in that round eight range. So I agree. I think Chase Edmonds is one of those names that everyone in your draft, you're going to draft them and everyone in your draft is going to go, Oh shoot. I forgot about Chase Edmonds. And you're going to go, yeah, I know. And I didn't. And so but that's kind of, that's kind of how it is. He's just a forgotten starter for some reason. Um, but he looks to be the starter for the Miami dolphins. So, you know, why not take him in round eight? Right. Exactly. So over to the bad value. Now who's somebody in this value you just don't like? Um, Kenneth Walker. I, I just don't like Kenneth Walker. I don't, I, you know, I said it, in early in, in shows, anyone who's listened knows I think it's going to be a committee for at least the first year while Rashad Penny is there. Um, Kenneth Walker going at RB 35 is tough. He's a rookie. He's got an injury. He's not going to be ready week one. There's a lot of things fighting against Ken Walker for him to really break out uh, into be this, you know, league winning upside type of guy that we were kind of pegged to believe. So I, I just think Ken Walker, the first year, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for Ken. Uh, and if he finishes, you know, RB 28, you know, does that does that help you? No, you know, he, he doesn't really. So I just think the offense is going to be not so great. He's going to be splitting work with Rashad Penny when he does come back, when he is healthy. And we don't really know when that's going to be. So for that reason, uh, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, especially with the injury right now he's dealing with, I'm definitely not taking him in this early round anymore. He's definitely jumped a few rounds down for me personally. 
So in round eight, just doesn't really make a lot of sense for a guy who could miss the first month of the season, potentially maybe who knows how long that injury, that hernia surgery recovery is going to take him. Uh, so yeah, and definitely kind of out on Kenneth Walker in that range. Uh, someone who I don't really like is, is another tight end, unfortunately, and it's just Dawson Knox. I just feel like we saw a lot of touchdown dependency out of him last year. He had a couple of games where he actually did something more, but a lot of it was touchdown related here and taking him in, in round eight, I just don't really see the value of him. He doesn't have that upside at this point, so I'd rather continue to wait on tight end. And him going in this range, I think you could get him two rounds later and, and still and be happy with that value there. I mean, if Zach Ertz is going here, Zach Ertz has that upside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for the first for the first six weeks, he certainly does. Um, exactly. Yeah. But Knox, Knox doesn't, especially if Gabriel Davis is supposed to make this rise and you have the, run, the running game now and you have maybe uh, Isaiah – uh, McKenzie. McKenzie potentially coming out, you know, it just don't see where Dawson Knox sees that, that giant workload that he did last year, potentially. This, this Dawson Knox season felt a lot like the Robert Tunyon season from a couple years ago, yes. propped up, prop up on touchdowns. And, and once you take those touchdowns away, if you have a four touchdown season versus a 11 touchdown season, it's a big, big fantasy difference. Big difference. Yes. All right, let's get over to round nine now. And this round nine has Tyler Lockett, Melvin Gordon, Drake London, Trey Lance, the Bills defense, uh, Alan Lazard, Christian Kirk, James Cook, Robert Woods, Justin Tucker, Derek Carr, and Michael Carter. First kicker off the board. Nice. What is the value in this round? Um, My value is Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk is a great value. Uh, He's set up to be the number one on this offense. Um, They paid him to be the number one on this offense. They paid him to be a top, you know, target in an offense in in Jacksonville so he's gonna see you know alpha type receptions and alpha type volume it's just and again this is another team that I don't think uh Jacksonville is going to be very good so they're going to be down in a lot of games and throwing a lot and I do believe that Trevor Lawrence is still a good quarterback believe it or not I'm not ready to write him off after a year so I'm buying into the post-hype sleeper of of Trevor Lawrence and the biggest beneficiary of that will be Christian Kirk. I like that pick there a lot. I've been coming around on Christian Kirk this season for sure. I think he is in for a good year and getting him this range is definitely a, a really great case. I actually like a lot of people in this tier here in this round nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake London for me is another guy who I think just has a load of potential in this offense here with a, a great target share coming up for him this coming season here. They're going to need to throw the ball. I don't think they can rely on the run game enough, so they're going to have to throw the ball and rely on their quarterbacks get to get them the ball in space and allow Drake London to kind of do what he does and just kind of just knock people over with his bigger body frame. So I'd expect Drake London to be in a good season and getting here around nine, great value. Mm-hmm. Uh, now comes the bad value. I don't really think there's – I honestly personally don't think there's a bad value in this range, but maybe you do. Um, I, I really don't. I, I don't either. I think the only one that – gives me pause is Tyler Lockett um, just because I, again, I just don't know what that Seattle passing game is going to look like. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of deep bombs to, you know, Tyler Lockett, like Russell Wilson used to have. So that's kind of the, the only one that I'm like, stay away from. But other than that, I think the rest of those values are pretty good in in a good range. Yeah. And if you guys do play with kickers in defense, this is still not the, this is not the range to take a kicker in defense and be ballsy to take the top guy off the board. It's just not. No, there's still there's yeah. still plenty of good starters. Yeah, there's still plenty of good starters. Three more rounds and get an elite player in either one of those positions. So don't feel like you have to take a guy here. So, all right, over to the next round, round nine. 
right? No, we no 10, 10, 10, round 10. 10. Yes. Round 10. Now guys, we have Chris Olave, Damian Pierce, the Bucks defense, Brian Robinson, Chase Claypool, James Robinson, um, Mike Isecki, Kadarius, Tony, Alexander Madison, Darrell Henderson, uh, Kirk Cousins, Pat Frymuth, and Traylon Burks. So where's the value here at John? Uh, it's Chris Olave. Uh, this is to me, I think he is, he was my wide receiver two coming into the year pre-draft post-draft. I love the landing spot. I love the talent. He runs like the wind. Uh, he's showing a connection on the deep ball. He's having a good camp. So there's no reason why Chris Olave uh, shouldn't, you know, see a, a, a lot of high value, deep targets in this offense uh, year one and then just expand his role even more going forward. So I really like Olave at wide receiver 44. I don't see a planet if he plays 17 games that he's not a top 25 wide receiver. Yeah, I can agree with you. I think he has a ton of potential in this offense and getting him in that round 10 range just, just makes a lot of sense for your fantasy team overall, because I think he should be in for a really good season. Now it might take a few games. So again, with all these rookies, you have to take a few games and not all going to come out of the gate amazing but i think by the first month the season being over i think chris Olave will get his his situation right and start and start making big plays for you early on mm-hmm. uh for me in this range here i like Traylon burks i, I think Traylon burks yeah. is falling in drafts yeah. and i know things have not looked great for him all off season but the way he played in that last preseason game i watched a lot of it he looked good he looked fast and i think people forget about how good Traylon Burks could be in this offense here because of everything negatively put on him over this offseason here. And I think I think things are going to find a way to correct themselves and getting him at the end of round 10 just about. Uh, you could even probably push him to round 11 potentially. He should be in for a really good season. So uh, he's my value pick here. Yeah, he's a good value pick. Uh, he's. I remember a time when Jamar Chase had trouble seeing the ball and couldn't catch the ball in preseason. So right. there's always preseason stories that come out that'll lower someone's ADP, and then it's you know we all sit there and go, what what were we thinking? Traylon Burks is a, a man amongst boys. So Traylon Burks could be one of those guys that comes out and just dominates, and we're all wrong on him. Um, but yeah, so that's a good pick. And he's a he's a league winning type of guy. At this point in your draft, that's what you're looking for. Right, exactly. Uh, that's a that's a great way to put it, John. Definitely. All right. Uh do we have a bad value in this round? Yeah, Mike Kosicki. I think to me, Mike yeah. Kosicki's a bad, bad value in this round. Tight end eleven. Not that he can't beat tight end eleven. I think he certainly can. But some of the other names going around of Chase Claypool, Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, the Daryl Henderson, Alexander, anyone, Kadarius, anyone in this round, uh, all have way more upside to me than Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki's safe. He's not ever really going to bust on you. He'll probably finish somewhere in tight end 7 to tight end 12 range. He's in that world. So, yeah, he's a fine pick, but he's not going to win you your league. He's not going to break out into some must-start tight end and, and any of that, whereas – you know, Kadarius Tony could break out. Damian Pierce could break out. Olave could break out. You know, that's that's what I'm looking for in these rounds, where I'm looking for guys who become week in, week out starters. Yeah, Mekasiki's definitely a good pick for sure in this round because I'd rather at this point continue to wait on tight end if I'm going to go after Mekasiki in round ten. But I guess another one I, I don't necessarily like Kadarius Tony in round ten personally, especially that he's still dealing with a nagging injury right now and. He's already been considered an injury-prone running uh, wide receiver in the NFL at this point of his career. Uh, the breakout could be there, but seeing him being this already injured doesn't 
give me confidence. I'd rather wait a few more rounds to go and get his value if there's value there at that point. So for me, mm-hmm. don't like it that much here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do two more rounds in real quick here. Let's see. We are on round 11 here now. All right. We have Garrett Wilson, uh, Evan McPherson, uh, Russell Gage, Dallas uh, defense, Cole Komet, Naeem Hines, Dan Carlston, Albert O, Ronald Jones, Isaiah Spiller, Tyler Boyd, Harrison Buckner, and uh, George Pickens. So mm-hmm. where's the value in this range here? The value here, this is where I'm finally going to bite the bullet and say there's a value at tight end. I think Cole Komet is a value. I think at this point, you're super late in your draft. He's tight end 13. Again, the same reasons why I liked um, uh, Mooney, Darnell Mooney. I like Cole Komet too. They're going to be down in games. They're going to have to throw a lot. And Cole Komet probably is the number two target in that offense. So, uh, you know, I like my tight ends to be in the one, two or three range in terms of targets on their offense. And so he looks to be number two. He, he had an ungodly amount of bad touchdown luck. He won't have another season where he has zero touchdowns. That's a promise. So, you know, if Cole Komet has five touchdowns say, and puts up the same yardage numbers, he'll easily be a top eight guy. So I I like him. I like him. And I like him as a, as a, you know, a breakout at the tight end position where, you know, yes, you're not drafting him to be a weekly starter, but all of a sudden you, it's week four, week five, and you say to yourself, oh, I can't take commit out of my lineup. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like that one there a lot, honestly. I think at this point, you go after a guy who has that upside in Cole Commit here, then a guy like Mike Asicki who doesn't have it in round 10 for sure. So uh, mm-hmm. I like it there. Uh, my value at this point. I mean, I guess it's Naeem Hines for me personally at this point. I think Naeem Hines has a good chance to get 60, 70 targets potentially in this offense, probably more like 50, 60. But I think there's a ceiling where there's 70 potentially targets there and an offense where, you know, they're not, I, they don't think they're going to want to overwork Jonathan Taylor to that extent. He's going to be the guy who handles the majority of this work here. But I think Naeem Hines, especially with Matt Ryan, his, his, his history with running backs and, and targeting them, I just think it makes too much sense that he doesn't see at least cl- over 50 targets in this offense pretty easily and getting him in, in round 11 just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there any bad values here? We'll end it here tonight with this bad values in round 11. Yeah. Herms, Herms is going to kill me for this, but Ronald Jones is a bad value. Uh, he might get cut. There's oh. a lot of talks <laughs> around camp that he's going to get cut. So I, I, at, you know, there was talks early on that Ronald Jones might push and become a committee and all these different things. And I think that's why he has an ADP of or running back 46. But at this point, I think that ship has sailed. Uh, Ronald Jones is a backup, uh, probably a cut candidate. So probably. I'm not touching him. He's off my draft board completely. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good one for sure. Uh, for me, somebody who I didn't think has just not good value, I think it's Tyler Boyd. Uh, I like Tyler Boyd, the player, and it sucks that he's on a team where he's got two other guys he needs to worry about now. But yeah, Tyler Boyd will have his games here and there. But sitting here, I feel like at this point you need to go with upside. And I just feel like there's just no upside with Tyler Boyd unless somebody gets hurt between Chase and Higgins and this offense here. So I think you're getting maybe two or three games where he hits over 15 fantasy points. But you're not going to get a lot of games after past that to be often. I mean, you're going to get probably three for five for 40 yards most weeks out of mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd and they're going to have a great week, but like just Tyler Boyd is just not going to get enough action to be able to sustain weekly fantasy flex, even flex value, to be honest. I think like even George Pickens or even some guys in the next round, like MBS 
and Sky Moore and Julio Jones, I feel like just is better value overall than going after Tyler Boyd in, in round 11. So for me, Tyler Boyd just has bad value for me. Yep, I agree. Tyler Boyd is he's so he's such a boring, safe pick. And the problem is, and the problem with Tyler Boyd is, and like you said, if there is an injury in front of him, then all of a sudden he skyrockets. But I don't want to sit there and hope for an injury and play for an injury. I don't want to yeah, play wide fantasy. receiver. I don't want to play fantasy that way. It's not what I'm doing. So I'm with you. I'm off on Tyler Boyd too. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that's going to wrap our show up today, guys. We went uh, further over than I thought we were going to today, but we we love to talk here, so I love it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to cut it off at 11 rounds here, guys. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully this kind of helps you kind of your early on drafts here for sure. If you want to know more, we had some sleeper episodes from a couple, a couple about a month ago or even some of the, our wide receiver tier episodes we've had, some more later round guys we've kind of mentioned here. So hopefully this overall kind of helps you guys for your upcoming week. John, is there anything you want to mention before we sign out? Uh, nope. Get at me at FTLS underscore J bats. It is the middle of draft season. I know everyone's doing their redrafts right now. People are in their home leagues. They either drafted this weekend or they're drafting soon. So reach out to me, DM me with any questions. I'm here to help. Um, and let's win a ton of championships this year. Absolutely. So guys, yeah. So thank you all for listening once again. Uh, for your drafts, please just follow our website at uh, www.thefantasycoaches.com. We got articles up there. We have all of our episodes. We have the Dynasty Coaches. We have our statistical uh, playbook that we have up there now. Uh, anything to help you guys out win your championships. If you guys want to join our Discord server, uh, please do. You know, we're, we're trying to add more folks to it every single day here, trying to just give you guys a platform that you can just ask your fantasy questions and you'll get an automatic response, at least for me, for most part, uh, pretty quickly. So, uh, hit us up over on uh, Coaches Fantasy on Twitter if you want to know more about our Discord page. So we thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to talk. Uh, we're going to do a mock draft probably on Thursday. So tune in for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then we won't be back until week one uh, that night here to talk about some start and sit. So hopefully Coach Jibs is back by then. But we will keep things rolling, guys, until he does. So thank you all for listening. Tune in until next time, guys, and have a great one. The bag is not far-fetched We got a couple of plot cans I've been feeling super duper How the heck they know the future Come with me, don't be a loser Grass is green like pooper scoopers Clueless analysts don't do the half of this In fact, I'm backing this by asking If y'all remember that tough act Interacting shh Like boom, running like zoom The highest and mightiest entered the room High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes All players covered this nuts as legumes Opponents are doomed and these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track I listen up jack i'ma head back back to the blowing that blowing that blowing that go